Welcome to the Liberty Moms Show. Liberty Moms are the real defenders of the home front, the secretaries of defense when it comes to their children, their homes, and their communities. I'm Chris Kimball, hosting today, and we love being part of the Loving Liberty Network, a wonderful showcase of programs all devoted to liberty. And Liberty Moms itself is really um, focused and narrowing in on the roles that parents play in the protection of their families. And someone that is joining me today, I'm very excited to have um, Nicolene Peck with me. Nicolene Peck has been a Liberty Mom for quite a long time. She is the founder and owner of Teaching Self-Government, which is um, uh, a tool that parents can utilize in Uh, making sure that they raise children in um, the same principles, um, in godly principles, basically, of self-governance and how to teach them how to self-govern themselves when they start, when they're young little toddlers and uh, grade school and on up. And it's amazing how when you learn those principles as a child, it's just easy to stay with that and embrace that as an adult. And the other, um, she's very busy. She's also president of the Worldwide Organization for Women. So, Nicolene Peck, I'm excited to have you join me. And just briefly, tell me what the what Worldwide Organization for Women is, what they do. Yeah, thanks, Chris, for having me. This is a, I'm always happy to be talking to other Liberty Moms and people who are trying to promote the good principles that our society has been founded on. So the Worldwide Organization for Women is an organization that started a long time ago. Actually, it started in 1977. It was called the Utah Association of Women back then. And it was started as a counter to the negative effects of the ERA movement. So the ERA movement, of course, promoting abortion and absolutely devaluing motherhood and stuff like that. And so the worldwide organization for women got a whole bunch of people together and they said, no, women are powerful. Motherhood is powerful. In fact, it's probably the most powerful role in society. And here's why. And they kind of started to making a stand and fighting for babies and for families. And then over time, they ended up going to the United Nations on multiple instances and doing some mild consulting there. And then they ended up getting consultative status in the early 90s, and they changed their name at that point to the Worldwide Organization for Women because at that point there were women all over the world who were part of this Utah Association of Women. So anyway, so now it's grown since then. I've been the president of this organization for about nine years now, actually. So they asked me if I would go to speak at the United Nations nine years ago and if I would talk about parenting. They said there's this whole 
there's this whole conference on the status of women and still over 80% of the women of the world become mothers one day, but nobody's talking about anything to really help them. Everyone's just talking about sex. So could you please go and, and do something that could be helpful? And I said, okay. And then shortly before I went, they actually asked me if I would be their president and surprising to me, it actually felt right to do it because I was busy at the time. And uh, so anyway, I've been doing that ever since. And so we work locally, wherever we are, different chapters and groups of people working locally around the world, but also uh, we work on an international and national stage as well, trying to work with lawmakers to try to protect families, family values, parental rights, the children, especially the exploitation of children, which really is one of our chief concerns. Wow. Okay. So I've learned some things about your organization. I was familiar with it, but I didn't realize that it went clear back to the late seventies and was the counter um, effort against the ERA movement back then. I didn't yeah. know it was that long. And I didn't realize that you've been serving. That's why I asked earlier, are you still serving because president? You've been at that in that for nine years now? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, my hat's off to you. That is a lot of work. And that's where Nicoly and I crossed paths um, more so during the legislative session by um, a coalition that we're part of. And uh, I had no idea that it had been nine years since you um, taking that on. So that's a long time we've been at that. But um, if women wanted to get involved with this, I'd like to just let them know right now, how would they get connected to your organization? Oh, yeah, we would love that. So we have a website called WorldwideOrganizationForWomen.org. You can join us on that website. You can make donations to that website. We are a 501c3, so it's completely tax deductible. Um, You can definitely sign up for our newsletter so you can keep up on things that are going on. And we do have chapters in some areas. And so we could see if there's a chapter in your area or even potentially you could start one in your area, depending on where you happen to be located. Well, I'm finding that there's more and more people that are kind of waking up, so to speak, and um, are wanting to be more engaged. And the only, not the only way, but the best way is to get connected to other groups that are already up and running. And Mm -hmm. then you can join with another network. And so if something like this is kind of resonating with you, it's a great organization to be part of. And uh, and so I just wanted to to get that um, said. And then Teaching self-governance, real quickly, is uh, they can go to your website, but they can learn and sign up for different tools to for parenting classes and things like that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you want the power of all powers. It's happening in the home, right? Like everything that happens in the home is going to be the counter for all of the the things that we're seeing around us that we're just not okay with. And so whenever we think of how do we solve this problem in the school, hopefully everybody's first thought is, well, we've got to get the bonds in the family really solid, really good. We've got to have t- teach the problem solving in the family, teach the discernment in the family. And that all comes from that family culture that's created there. And that's kind of like my opus. I've been working on that for a lot of years now. Years ago, I did treatment foster care for trouble teens. And that's what started people asking me to teach parenting. BBC did a a movie of our family, brought us troubled teens to stay in our home. And then after they saw these teens not want to leave our home after eight days, 
they said, whoa, what's going on there? So we do have books there. There's courses and classes that can help improve your family relationships. I mean, that is absolutely the most important thing that anybody could do right now is really put their focus in on making that home culture strong. As much as we want to be informed about everything that's going on around us, and we need to be so that we know what to watch for, we also need to make sure that we're always prioritizing that home as number one and putting the most of our effort there. And even though I do a lot of things, Chris, that's what I do. I always know that my power comes from my family, from my home, and living that role with my children and my husband. Well, that's the divine model. That's the blueprint that our Heavenly Father gave us, which is the family, the family unit, a mother, a father, that are stewards over their children. And uh, I just wanted our listeners to know about those two resources, because this is the family is coming under attack, and we need to know what what's available, um, and you know, and pray about it, and also get direction, divine direction on what you need to do. But we're going to kind of dive into um, some problems that we're seeing in public school, and with all that's been said so far, the answer to to what I see in the public school is really get your kids out of public school. And I know that's a harsh thing to hear, but there's so many things going on and it's almost like we're putting out fires weekly it's massive it's actually really really huge um so my foster children all went to school my children actually i did homeschool and i always tell people that's one of the best decisions i ever made i mean they go over there play on the sports teams and star in plays and and things like that and you know do a couple of things here and there um but really we homeschooled them all the way and i've got to say they, they go to college they go off later and they say, wow, mom, thanks. Thanks for making sure I didn't become a gaining addict and a whatever, you know, and all these things. And thanks for showing me what a real functional family looks like because I'm seeing my roommates, they don't have that and it's a struggle, you know, and they're, and they're seeing, you know, what they're really grateful for. I did want to tell one thing. So I do have a ton of free resources for people. And so maybe people listening would like to know that. So Um, So my website is teachingselfgovernment.com. There is a free Calm Parenting Toolkit there, which is a start into that self-government learning, which would be so powerful. But also I do have a YouTube channel, the Teaching Self-Government YouTube channel. New videos come out every single day on so many relevant topics. And there's going to be videos coming out within the next, you know, month or so related to social emotional learning, which is probably something you're going to be talking about on here. And that's something that I've been teaching forever, but uh, people at the school, they're missing the mark. They're not doing it right. Um, And then also I have a podcast too, which is called the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. So just look for some of those things because those are free things that you can access. Great. Okay. So we're we're getting our Liberty Moms and Dads at Home educated and equipping them with tools. And now we want to just discuss a problem that's uh, become um, prevalent now in our schools. And that is um, books that are inappropriate for our children and inappropriate in the means that they are sexually explicit. And so we um, are wanting to um, address that. And with the work that you do, Nicolene, you have come across that in a, um, um, well, full-blown way, because you were also the one that um, were, you were able to discern or look into the, the fact that some of our school resources, online resources, were actually had had links that were connecting our children to porn sites and to pornographic material and and a lot of 
horrible behavior, uh, content. Mm-hmm. So tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about what's happening in the schools right now with uh, the books that are um, accessible to our children. Sure. Yeah. Just by luck, really kind of chance. Um, a few years back, I got alerted to the idea that there might be things in the databases like you're mentioning. And so for years I've been working on that and I ended up, you know, partnering and, and joining with a a whole national movement, um, this protect child health coalition that I'm part of. And we work on protecting children around the United States. Well, there were people who started contacting that coalition and saying, hey, did you know, I mean, you guys know about the databases that are, you know, these bigger databases like EBSCO and Gale and stuff that I worked on really hard, two years to get a bill to to try to hold, you know, these databases accountable and stuff like that. And sadly, um, it's not working as accurately as I would have liked it to. But, um, We're working on that still, trying to get the kinks worked out on that. Um, But some of these people contacting that coalition and saying, did you know that there's a major book problem too? And did you know that there's also other databases that come to the schools directly? They don't go through the district or through the, the state clearing house, the state online library or whatever, but they just go straight to the libraries at the school and they come from these supposedly trusted sources, I guess, called Fullet. And there's probably others, but I know for sure Fullet, the company who um, sends the books to the library, they also have Destiny Discover, which is a Fullet software. It's a database, a collection of databases, actually, that they can put on the school computers and within the library. And and a lot of the the librarians are putting them on their websites. And librarians are having social media pages and all these kinds of things. And they're pushing the children toward digital reading resources like Sora. Sora is a digital library. It's it's all digital books. And so there could be books in there no one would ever, ever see because they're never on a shelf. The librarian themselves would not know. That the book, what books are in there, because it's just a huge collection of digital books. And, um, and so this is starting to come out, right? So it started coming out back in Indiana, and, you know, in the Midwest back there, and then all of a sudden, it started popping around everywhere. And librarians saying, hey, listen, there are certain library books that I just permanently keep checked out, because there is no way that I want my children in my library to see this. And so, so that's huge, so, right? So the librarian would see that, but are, feel like they can't get rid of the book. Okay, so is that that's a those are Utah? That one is not a Utah one that I that I just mentioned. But we have people saying things like that, and then now okay. since things are coming out, since parents are saying, "Wait, I've seen this book. This isn't okay. Wait, my child has this resource, and this is a Utah thing." Okay, um, I mean it's happening all over the nation. It's happening in Wyoming, Idaho, Utah, Texas, Virginia, Tennessee, Indiana. It's happening all over the place, and. And what's going on is parents are now saying to their governors, saying to their superintendents, I'm not okay with this. And superintendents are pulling things off of the books, like uh, off of the shelves, like they're doing in Tennessee right now. The governor of Texas came out and said, listen, 
TEA. So the TEA is the Texas Education Association for the Teachers. You guys better pull every single thing and you better press charges. He's like, this is criminal behavior to give to children. The lieutenant governor of North Carolina has spoke out against against this as well. He's been under a lot of fire. So there's a lot of people who are bringing it to attention. So in Utah, locally, we've got people who are bringing it up. So like Canyon School District, a mother went to Canyon School District and she said, listen, this is not okay. This is, you know, my, my children shouldn't have access to this. And Canyons was shocked. So of course the district people don't know. It's not like we have a whole bunch of pedophiles running the district, right? I mean, the, the people are good people that are running the districts that, that, the teachers are good teachers, probably by and large. I mean, I can't vouch for everyone, right? Of course, but um, my dad was a school teacher. He taught for Murray District for years and years. I mean, I don't think bad about teachers at all, but uh, we do need to keep in mind that there is so much stuff coming into the schools right now. It's impossible to vet it all. It's impossible. And that's really where they're at. There is no means for how are we going to vet this stuff? And, and is it even in compliance with the state uh, code, or not codes, well, yes, code, actually, law. Is it in compliance with obscenity laws, with sex education laws? The answer is no, it's not. But also also our standards. We have state standards for education. And is it in compliance with state standards? And You just, okay, that was a whole lot to to talk about because – We've got the problem here in Utah. We've got parents that are seeing these books. And the problem is, I mean, it's this catch-22 because technology can be such a blessing. It can be, you know, we were able to still get through a school year by having technology. We've got um, online high schools. We have that ability. But with this threshold of, or this, database that's able to bypass the um, the school's uh, gate, the gatekeeper, so to speak, and they can just funnel in uh, these books who there's no one that's even available that could access and go in and look at all these books. And so that's that's the problem right there is they've got direct access into every school in the in the country and now is it is it just a higher is it just high school is it junior high or is it elementary is it happening at every level yes so well and the thing is is I can't vouch for every single school because I do not know at this point how many school librarians have decided to install the software on the school's computers or to put it, or if it's, you know, into the tablets that the children have. But I do know, for instance, that there are schools in Granite District that I could very easily go into and I could see that the librarians had put that software there and that children can type in words like candy, very benign words, and they can find the most explicit erotica and even torture sex stuff that is just so disturbing. Things that promote pedophilia, things that promote um, all kinds of risky, you know, sexual behaviors and such. So I've seen those there also in Tooele County. I was able to see, uh, look up the same things in Tooele County, but also 
uh, see a list where Fullett, Destiny Fullett, was welcoming, oh, every single school in Tooele County, all the grade schools, all the junior highs, all the high schools, into their, you know, group, into their Destiny Fullett, everything, this big welcome. And so I thought, well, that must mean it's in all of them. Now, I may not know how to access every single library in every single school because that takes some searching, right? So the ones that I've been able to go into, I've had to go, okay, wait, I think you go here, click a media center. Let's see, where is it? How would you go and search in here, right? And so since it's not my school all the time, I have to be, you know, kind of poking around. But since I've done that, other parents have reached out to me and said, okay, wait, I was looking in my school and I saw something, you know, or I was looking here. Um, The Canyons School District um, I was looking with a parent on some of the Canyons School District stuff, and and this was, oddly enough, the very day that Canyons had pulled the books, and what I noticed was that some of their stuff was disabled on the on the database. Now, I don't know if it's, oh, actually, I do know if it's still there. I rechecked afterward and some of the stuff had been replaced. So something happened where Destiny Discover might've known what went on and something was disabled for a little bit. But so I don't know if some things are, someone's trying to clean something up or something's happening. I don't know. Um, But I do know that, but I've been able to see stuff everywhere, you know, really. So what we need is our if, for those of you that have your children in public school at every grade level, you've got to be diligent and follow up with your library resource center and find out if they have downloaded and are using this Destiny Discovery, right? Is that what? Yeah, so Destiny Discovery. So we are, just so you know, we are monitoring, well, monitoring, that is a really hard word to say, um, where we are trying to keep track of what is found where, if stuff is found on Destiny Discover or Sora or EBSCO or Gale, these are problematic databases that are part of the state's collection, the UEN, the U- Utah Education Network, which is uh, has the Utah Online Library, the state's largest library. Anyway, so we try to keep those things and, and keep a, a list of those. There is actually a Facebook group right now, which is called Laverna in the Library. And if people go to Laverna in the Library, then they can write down what they find, or they can also see that they that what other people have found within the library so that they can, oh, whoa, that, that's my school, or wait, that's my district, I wonder if I have that too. So keeping tabs on Laverna in the library could be a really good idea. I mean, keep in mind, there's a few trolls there, you know, that's always going to happen with a group like that. But for the most part, the people on there are giving some good information. Okay. So I want to make sure our listeners are clear. So Sora, is that S-O-R-A? Yes. Okay. So it's Sora and uh, Destiny Discover, Mm -hmm. right? And, uh, and EBSCO and Gale. Oh, EBSCO, yeah. E-P-S-C-O, is that EBSCO? E-B-S-C-O. E-B-S-C-O. And then and Gale then- is G-A-L-E. And and also there's like ProQuest and PowerSearch and Cengage. There's wow. so many. They're all there's, yeah. yeah, that's, I know. There's so many um, ways for them to infiltrate and get access into these libraries and and uh, I'm sure right off the top, you're not seeing these sort of books, but it's like when you go in, like you say, with these benign searches for um, candy, or I just know that even on, on the regular internet, um, they'll, they will, um, disturbingly enough, say like if you wanted to Google Disney, Disneyland, 
there will be, if you just mistake and type in one letter different, it'll take you to a porn site because they know kids will do that. You know, we are, um, we're heading to a break. So stay with us. We've got more to discuss here with Nicolene Peck, the Liberty Mom Show. So we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back. This is Chris Kimball here on the Liberty Mom Show. Liberty Moms are the real defenders of the home front when it comes to their children, their families, and their communities. And we're talking today with Nicolene Peck, who is the president of Worldwide Organization for Women. And we've been discussing a problem, a huge, huge problem. I mean, a horrific problem in our school library systems in Utah. It's It's been happening in other states and we realize now that it's happening in utah and uh before the break nicolene you brought up a resource a facebook page called laverne in the library so that's l-e or l-a-v-e-r-n-e i think it's l-a-v-e l-a laverne okay laverna it's laverna laverna in the library yeah and it's a resource for parents because on the break real quickly we were talking about you know these some of lots of these books that are there embedded in these um, databases that the children can access are full blown porn, and it, it gets into uh, um, uh, sexual content and. Um, well, you've done more investigation. It's everything. It's everything. It's everything. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's everything. everything. It's sexual stuff with animals. It's sexual stuff with yourself. It's sexual stuff because a book. It's it's whatever. There's and it's not just books too, Chris. I wish I wish it was just books because then we could just go look through library lists and pull out books, right? But it's actually databases full of videos. Okay, videos like uh, ten ways to get a better orgasm and talking about how to self-pleasure yourself and, you know, all these kinds of different things that are just really risky Uh, videos that show different sexual positions that you could do. If you're trapped in the trunk of a car with somebody, like, what is that? That's, that's like, you're being kidnapped. Like, I mean, that's just violent stuff, you know? And so, I mean, it's just really ugly things uh, that they talk about and there's language. There's, there's also songs. So there's audio tracks. Um, so like CDs and things that you can listen to, audio files. It's not just books. And it's all there, available for the children, and nobody knows what all of it is. And some of the stuff, sure, you're looking up something lewd to find it. But some of it, you are um, you are just looking up a benign term you know it's insidious okay that's the word Mm -hmm. this whole thing is very insidious and it is just coming after the children even though the people who are who are making it available to the children may have no idea what's even really there right so we're not saying that the librarians themselves are part of this sinister plot to sexualize our children and and worse right they're they're just 
looking at this is a resource. This is available, and it's it's adding books to our library. Um, we want our children to be educated and to have access. But I know even in the uh, in the media in the in the news, there's been um, an idea that if you are calling out this um, filth that's being found, okay, that you're an extremist. Yeah. When in reality, yeah, when, when in reality, it's, it's just, I want the law followed. Right. And so right. these other parents. So the thing that people need to understand is that this is, these are unique situations. There are multiple organizations who are doing things, but there's also multiple just parents just randomly going, wait a minute, uh, this isn't okay. And things are starting to come out, you know, because it's just easier to see and so uh, there are many different organizations in Utah who are trying to do stuff about this right now, and also just nationally and even globally. Although in the U.S., we do have a better chance of maybe squelching it a little bit, like put, putting a stop to some of this. So anyway, um, it is interesting to see what's going on, but there's no book banning that's happening, okay? Very frustrating to see news articles put being um, sensational titles. I mean, I guess what? That's what that's what newspapers do. Yeah, they they make a sensational title, but it, this isn't. There's no burning or banning that's happening here because to truly ban books means that you would say this book can't be printed. This book is completely illegal for our whole state. This book is whatever. But but actually, what these parents are saying that are bringing it to the attention of their school boards and stuff is they're saying there are obscenity laws that are there to protect children from being exploited. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because if we lead children into the porn industry or to the abortion industry or to whatever sex culture, there's financial stuff in there, right? That, that means we're leading them toward paying, you know, getting money from our children or possibly even people buying our children through these databases because the way the content gets in the databases is people pay to put the content into them, which means they're buying access to our children's minds, which is exploitation. Okay. So we don't want the children exploited. Children cannot have anything promoted to them. So teachers cannot advocate for certain things or sell things to children at school. It is illegal. So if we are promoting a certain website, a certain um, magazine, a certain whatever, these things are not okay to promote to children just in general, okay? So this is another reason why contraceptives should never be handed out at school because that would be a promotion of a certain type of a contraceptive to a child, even if people felt like it was necessary. So it would go against promoting. But then there's other obscenity laws that specifically declare certain sexual things that cannot be promoted to children. And then we have sex education laws too within our, our health code in the state of Utah. And they say that you cannot promote certain things. You can't talk about the intricacies of sex or sodomy and you cannot promote or advocate for contraceptives. You can tell them that they exist, but you can't say 
you should get this or here's this, I'm handing it out or whatever. You can't do that in our schools. So if the resources are doing that, if the books are doing that or the databases are doing that, they are in violation of law. So the parents are not saying we want to ban books. I'm happy to say any person can write or say whatever they want to because they have that freedom. But when it comes to children, we have laws to protect them because they are easily groomed, Chris. Mm-hmm. They're easily groomed. That's where they're at in their developmental level. Okay. I lived with a lot of children in, in the years where I did foster care. I lived with a lot of young people who had been groomed for sexual conduct, who had been groomed for illegal behaviors like stealing and stuff like that. They had been groomed. And I, I saw the process because I would learn their history of how they got groomed. And the way that somebody grooms someone at the very beginning is they say, let me show you something that you don't know already. Let me teach you something your parents haven't taught you. They present themselves as someone in the know, somebody who knows a little bit more or who can show you your body could do something else you didn't know it could do yet or produce a sensation, maybe titillation or something, and you didn't know you could be titillated, right? This is all grooming okay and so what these resources are doing is they are grooming the children so it's very sad for me to see uh, people not understanding that this is about the law this is not about an lgbt movement this isn't about a woke movement even though sure all that stuff's in there but this is about the law promoting certain things to the children that can't be And this is about making sure that our children get what they deserve, which is clean, safe searching. That's what this is all about. All of it is about what do the Utah children deserve? Well, the law says they deserve to not be exploited and so and not to be groomed and everything else. So that's what we need to stand for is that they won't have that happen. So so even more than talking about all the bad stuff, that's probably the point I'd like to make the most. You know, the governor um, said that we needed to push the brakes on the book banning. And I thought, well, nobody's banning, though. No, And, and that's concerning to me. That's very if- disconcerting to have the, the, the head person who is, that's his, his, he's in the executive branch, which is to... Um, make sure the laws are carried out and he's not even willing to take the time or doesn't is ignoring the fact that laws are being broken by having these books accessible to our children. Yeah. And he, well, he said that he, he thought that the children need to be able to read anything because they need to be able to have stimulating conversation, but it's very interesting to me. So I look, I think of that and I think, okay, so somebody is telling him on one side, hey, this is excluding a whole group of people if they can't read this, or this is making it so that some children won't get the information they need to discuss, or, you know, that's what he's probably being told on one side of it. But I'm thinking to myself, in order to have a stimulating conversation, you have to have a point of reference, which means you have to have a foundation that's underneath it to know what's right wrong good bad true false right so if you bring in stimulating material before a person has a good foundation under them then you are literally just stimulating them or grooming them and i don't want my children when they go to school to be stimulated sexually i don't think that helps them 
have any kind of special conversations with anybody else. I think enough of that is going to happen on its own when puberty's there and everything else. And so I don't think that we need to be going behind the parents back and saying, well, here's something else that you could have access to. And then the child knows, wait, my parents have certain values. So do I have to hide from my parents? So then what does that do to the family bonds, which in the end, like we talked about at the very beginning is the number one most important thing to keep our children safe. So if the children are hiding from the parents or thinking my parents would kill me, but then this teacher who has a position of trust or maybe this librarian who has a position of trust has things available, then they assume their parents are just keeping things from them and there becomes division in the parent-child bond and then the child can't reach the parent. And we are seeing that at alarming rates right now. And that is a sign that the children are being groomed. Nicolene, this is just... This is, I mean, I'm outraged. I am so upset. I mean, thinking that our governor doesn't have enough moral conscience to even understand that sexually explicit material is not appropriate for children. Okay, because that's what we're talking about. These are the only books that we're looking at at this moment are these that are sexually explicit. Okay, and so I, I, you know, even when he was running for office, I, in my gut, I knew If he ever became our governor, he would be our most dangerous governor because he lacks any principle. He he doesn't he doesn't have this moral compass that because at least with Governor Herbert, I I remember when he was governor and and Governor Herbert was not my favorite governor, by the way. But when we brought to his attention that on the state website, you were linking a child could link to Planned Parenthood's um, videotapes on sexual stimulation. He saw that that was wrong and immediately had it removed. You know, he didn't go to the public media world and say, hey, we, we don't want to ban this kind of content for our children. No, he knew it was wrong and immediately had it removed. And yeah. it's just sad that we don't have that kind of leadership that understands the importance of, first of all, following the law. Mm-hmm. You know, we have laws that are there to protect our children and, that is being ignored, even in the legislative level. I know one of the state legislators um, was defending this idea that these books need to be there, and that is um, Carol Moss on social media, Representative Moss. And she was totally defending the idea that these books, we shouldn't be banning books. And again, we're not banning anything, but we're just restricting this content that's illegal. That is well, there's a lot of things that you restrict. There's certain foods they won't bring into the lunchroom because they, they say, that's not healthy for the children, right? right? So they say the children have to have these certain groups that are given to them. Otherwise they have to bring their own, right? So there's rules. I mean, I'll never forget um, one of our past representatives, Representative Hutchings. He he said when we were talking about the databases uh, about a year and a half ago, he said, actually, I guess it was it was a year ago now. It was a year ago. But he said, he said, you know, if someone was going around putting um, pornography links or images into the lockers in the school, no one would stand for that for a second. They would catch that person. They would hang them up. They would prosecute. Like, it would not happen. Or if someone was putting drugs in the food at school, like, nobody would just say, ah, oh, shoot dang, you know, guess somebody mm-hmm. got high or guess somebody got really sick or, whoops, shoot dang, somebody saw porn in their locker. Like, nobody would say that. But with all these other things we're saying 
well, you know, it's up to their parents to stop them from seeing it or, oh, darn it, so-and-so, they just, you know, and, and I'm thinking, what is going on? How did that mentality come into play? And the only thing that I can think of, well, I shouldn't say only thing, there's factors, but but there is one key factor that I think is a big player here, and that is that um, we actually actually have created an affirming culture okay so this affirming culture is like if you have an if you have a feeling if you think somebody is mean to you or hates you or you think so and so is a bully or you think whatever then i'm going to tell you you're right they are a bully or if you think you know you're whatever i then i'm going to tell you you're right and so if i feel something's not safe then i'm going to say you're right it's not safe so it's never going to be safe for you so so we're promoting fragility emotionally and with all kinds of stuff to the children all the time as well as just all of the other things related to sex culture and and stuff like that and so when you get to a culture like that where everybody's trying to affirm every feeling that a person has it is like constant putting out the fires and so what what happens then is you have you have people who are saying, well, you can't ban these books because they're LGBT. And, and if that's something you're supposed to be affirming, or these, it, these books mean something to somebody, and they need them for whatever reason, right? And so then it seems like, oh, I can't take away a need. I don't want to make somebody feel uncomfortable. And so, and so now... But then the people on the other end of it, for some reason, don't ever get a voice, right? These other children that would be totally violated, they don't know to speak up. They don't know to say, you know, um, I don't feel good about this. And their parents aren't speaking up, too. And I think that really gets us to, like, action items. Parents have got to talk to their children, and they've got to say, guess what? There are things that you research on at the school, and those things have a lot of stuff in them that aren't safe. So if you ever see anything, you just tell me. And you know what? I will never be mad. There is nothing that will shock me ever. You see any porn, I'm the first to know. I want I want to help you so that you don't have to get stuck seeing that stuff, so that you don't have to have a habit or an addiction. I'm going to help you. They need to know the books on the shelves in the library are not the best ones. You want a certain book? I will buy it for you. I will spend the money on it for you. Like parents absolutely have got to tell their children they they are there for them. Nothing's going to surprise them. And that type of a conversation will hopefully open the door for the child to come to the parent without any apprehension or worry um, and, and be able to actually just explain. And then the parent can say, you know what, this is sad. I know it's sad that you had to go through this, but I'm so glad we got a chance to talk about it. And I'm going to take some action to make sure you don't have to hopefully deal with this again. And I'm going to help you. You know, I'm your advocate. Parents have got to stop advocating for the schools. Right. right. And I don't mean like, you know, I know we need to support teachers and, and all that, you know, because my dad was a teacher and stuff. But but the schools do not deserve more allegiance or loyalty than the consciences and the development of our own children. So we've got to put things where they go. You know, and I think we talk about money for schools and support for schools so much that parents actually see themselves as the school cheerleader instead of the one that's watching out for their child. Right, exactly. And that has really, really shifted where they've uh, that. Well, and it's it's a cultural shift because even in the government sector, they are looking at. Once you have your child go into public school, they look at like you've given up all your parental rights at that point. 
right? Um, even with uh, the latest with the vaccine is it's kind of implied that once you have your child go to school, you've actually given consent that anything the school wants to do with your child, you're okay with it because you're allowing your child to go into that environment. You've let them go into the school. Therefore, you are okay with anything that the school will uh, promote with your child. Yeah, I've heard parents, you know, actually say to me, like when I've brought things up, so um, I review state tests and stuff. I'm part of that parent review committee for like rice testing. And and there have been parents who have said, well, we have to just trust the teachers. We have to just trust the teachers. And I'm thinking, but the teachers never get to see this. But, the, you know, like we can't just throw that out there. We can't just say, just trust the teachers, just trust the librarian. Who are they? Do you even know what they believe? I never ever would allow someone to mentor my child or to format them psychologically, mentally, physically, or otherwise, unless I really, really knew them, like really knew where they were coming from. And if they did not align with certain principles, I would abs and my child had to be with them for whatever reason. I would absolutely pre-teach my child. I would prepare them. I would be the one doing the grooming. So I would be the one saying, listen, you might hear something about this. This is how you handle it. Hey, listen, something like this could be said. This is how you handle it. We've got to be more proactive. I also think parents can do something on a district level, especially right now while this is a hot topic. I think a really good thing to do is to call your schools, to call your district, and to just say, listen, um, there are some really bad resources, uh, online resources, or not online, database resources and library books that I know of that are in schools. What is our school or what is our district doing right now to combat that problem so that our children are not exploited or groomed sexually? I mean, you just say that, like, what are you doing? Don't say, right. don't say, are you going to do something? Say, what are you doing right now to fix that problem? And so then when they say, well, you know, we're looking into that, you, you can say, so are you saying you are not concerned about the exploitation of the children? Or are you saying you're not doing anything about this? And you need to rephrase what they're saying to you and then say, um, you know, okay, I, I, it looks like we'll need to be talking to somebody else or can you start taking action and can I call you back in a few days to hear what you've done? Like we've got to make sure, I mean, you can still shop for schools, right? There's charter schools, there's public schools and private schools and homeschools. So we still have actually a market-based somewhat education system. So you can say, listen, uh, I'm your customer. I mean, you don't, you can say that like that, but like you can think, listen, I'm the customer and I want to know what you're doing because the product is faulty, right? So let's fix the product. Otherwise we're making a change. Well, because, and then you're not, you're not coming across as accusing them. Yeah. It's not accusatory, but it's like, what are you doing? I, I'm aware of this. And what are you mm-hmm. to address this problem? 
Yeah, because then you won't put up the walls. I think it's really important. You just ask the question. You assume the best that they're going to do something. You ask them what they're doing. Then you say, can I follow up with you on that? I'm very concerned. And so anyway, then you can take those steps too. So talking to the children, making those phone calls, going to Laverna in the library. This is going to be really good. Call your representatives and your senators. Send them emails. Give them calls. Tell them this is concerning. What are we doing about this? Session is coming up in January. January, what are we doing about this? So we need to start taking action. So, and, and we have got to start doing it from a, a people, people up. You know that movie Bugs Life? Do you remember that time, the movie Bugs Life, where the grasshoppers are talking together and he says, oh, don't worry about that one guy. He's just one ant. And the head grasshopper says, one ant. If that one ant realizes that those ants outnumber us, then it's all over. We don't get our free food. We don't get to exploit them, right? Mm. Same deal, okay? We outnumber them. We do. We outnumber the library people. So we just keep talking about it. Keep telling other parents about it. Don't be sensational. Be concerned. And then, guess what? Things start happening. And that's what we're hoping for here. All right. Well, Nicolene, this has been... um extremely important conversation that we've had today. And uh, I wanted to get this out because we've got to start talking about it. And I loved your action item with your, with the children about having these conversations with your children first, because what they hear first is what they latch onto. And if you're being proactive and letting your children know, you're going to hear things that that might be contradictory to what you've heard at home or is different or makes you, not feel good inside. You know, I want you to know I'm there for you. Do you, you need to let me know? Or if you've seen anything or anything like that, I won't be mad, but I just need to know because I'm here to help you and be your advocate. Okay. So Nicolene, really quickly, how can they connect to you? Yeah. So they can connect to me through the worldwide organization for org. So they can go there. Also, you can find me uh, teaching selfgovernment.com, teaching self-government, YouTube, teaching self-government podcast. Great. Thank you so much. Have a great, have a great rest of the day. You too.